What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. There's going to be a lot of uh, you know, um, discussion about what's happening with the replay proposals in two major sports. We're going to be talking NBA and, and, and basketball. The NHL came out with their proposal. By replay, you mean like restart? Yes. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it is replay, you know. Yeah, not, I guess not. A, I know what you're saying. Not like a replay, like like an instant replay proposal. The NFL are actually getting rid of their uh, the replay rule. The replay, yeah, the, the PI uh, on the PIs Re- replay, which which I, I don't really agree with, but that, that may be the discussion. Yeah, I feel that's there. drastic. But yeah. I can tell you, it was not well received by anybody. So what the decision see. or the actual? No, the rule was 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 cockamamie for the most part. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they, it was executed terribly. Yeah, that's executed terribly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was executed terribly. That that, but then they took a drastic step by saying, "You know, we're just gonna forget about it." And yeah, I'm like, do you, do you somebody controversy just a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna get screwed on a PI. Like it, it's it's bound to happen. Um, but anyway, uh, no, not replay. I guess is it to be fair, or at least replay in that sense of like instant replay, but more about um, resuming these seasons. So we're gonna talk about two major sports in the NBA and MLB. NHL had their proposal, which I'll briefly mention as well. Um, but we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about um, Kendall's court at the end of the show, which should be uh, good. Um, was, people ha- actually got to see some elite athletes or some legends even. I, I don't know if I call them elite athletes. Some of them may be on the tail end or have completely ended their careers. But um, but we got to see some elite a- athletes and legends out on uh, some kind of playing surface this weekend. So, and it was televised. So, Kendall will talk about that later in the show. Kendall is my co host. And, Kendall, I will say, I wish I could say I was in a great mood um, overall. I am happy to do the show and talk to you, of course, as always. Um, obviously, though, this has been a difficult week with a lot of the um, stuff with the, you know, the killing of George Floyd, you know. Um, RIP to him and shout out to Steven Jackson, uh, former NBA player who was very, very close <laughs> friend of him. I, I thought you were going to say it's uh, former Ram. I was like, Steven Jackson, I've heard of him. Wow. Oh, no, no. Stack. Should I say Stack? He would have probably known if I said Stack. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to Stack Jack. He was a very close friend of George Floyd. He obviously was killed in Minnesota. And of course, you had the crazy incident in, Saint, uh, in excuse me, Central Park. Uh, the one thing I will say, Kendall, is while these these incidents are troubling, it does feel good to have prominent athletes standing up and speaking out what they believe is wrong and what is wrong. And that's, you know, it's not a lot of comfort we could take in some of this stuff, but, and I can't speak to how the athletes were in other eras, but I can take some credence in my era that, you know, the guy who's probably the most outspoken athlete, the, the most recognizable athlete in the world is coming out very strongly against these kind of things in LeBron James. And there, there are plenty of other guys. I even saw some white athletes uh, jumping in uh, in terms of the George Floyd killing. I saw uh, uh, Wentz had a post today. J.J. Uh, Watt spoke out. So if there's any, anything to take from this, at least there's that. But it's uh, it's been it's been tough. Can't, can't lie. It's been a tough week. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I would say that goes without saying. Uh, that it has been a tough, it has been a tough week, and you know, hopefully we could, uh, you know, bring some uh, positivity 
uh, to this show because obviously sure. not been a whole lot, um, not been a whole lot out there. But yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, seen a lot, <laughs> a lot of interesting comments uh, so far uh, from some athletes. Some have been better than others, uh, certainly. But um, but no, I think I think this has uh, obviously been a trying time uh, for a lot of people, and you know. Yeah, I mean, especially there have been some Minnesota athletes that have come out and said stuff. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a Vikings fan, so, you know, it, it, it definitely very odd to see the, the, the city of Minneapolis so, uh, you know, right such chaos, that. such yeah. turmoil. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, but it's, uh, but it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, that, uh, that, on top of obviously the the whole coronavirus pandemic has made this, <laughs> yeah, yeah man <laughs> obviously yeah, a very weird week but yeah there's anything we did not need it was this during a pandemic but yeah here we are <laughs> you know yeah. um but yeah let's let's get to some of the other other stuff that's happening the latest regards in regards to the return to play scenarios that are shaping up so or not shaping up. Talk about MLB. So we'll get to that them later. But first, the NBA and the Players Union is still working on scenarios to return to play this season, according to the latest reporting from Ramona Shelburne and Adam, uh, excuse me, Adrian Wojnarowski. One proposal being discussed is this playoffs plus idea. It would include all 16 current playoff teams, which would mean the top eight seeds in the East and the top eight seeds in the West, along with then the top four teams in the Western Conference playing on a singular site. That would be the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, which would represent kind of like an NBA campus of sorts. Obviously, Disney um, has the, you know, the, all the hotels and all the stuff. We talked about that on the show before. And the, uh, the sports complex, the ESPN complex has multiple arenas. So the idea is that they could play multiple games at the same time, um, you know, during this kind of crazy time. Uh, this expanded postseason uh, proposal is already happening in the nhl where they are discontinuing their regular season entirely they're done with it and they're going straight to the postseason with 24 teams one of the proposals that also was interesting kendall is this idea that you know they could have a world cup style of beginning to the postseason that it could include uh 20 teams it could even include 30 teams but the idea would be that uh you know, five to six teams we put, or four to six teams we put into one pool, and they would all play each other, and the teams with the best record would then advance to um, the next round. And that would be, uh, if it was a 20-team scenario, an 18 playoff, that would then be best-of-seven series-type uh, scenario. So um, so there's a lot of stuff being thrown out there in terms of what could possibly uh, happen. Um, they're also discussing a plan that would allow limited family members to join uh players uh in florida once teams started getting eliminated and you know less people and less uh you know personnel being around uh the facilities for safety and right now it sounds like is uh mid to late july or even early august would likely be a target date for a return to action so kendall what do you make of these latest discussions surrounding the league's plans to try to finish the season they did have a GM call today, which confirmed really from what I see only that there will not be a vote tomorrow on any proposal. But the owners or the board of governors, as they like to say now, are are expected to have uh, a, a big meeting tomorrow. 
Friday. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I, I definitely, it definitely feels like the NF, the, the NBA is getting closer. Uh, I think the NBA knows what they want to do. I, I don't say they know what they want to do, but I think they have an idea of what it's going to look like. Um, I don't think it'll be just 16 teams. Um, I think there's real motivation from the NBA's perspective to get certain teams that aren't in the playoffs uh, currently in you know, into this, whatever this resumed season looks like, uh, namely the Pelicans, but maybe some other teams, but they did motivation from the NBA to get some of those teams into the postseason, um, or at least into, uh, Disney world. Um, so because of that, I think it'll be 20, uh, or something, something along the lines of 20 teams, uh, at least initially, whether or not it's a playing tournament or whether or not it's all 20 teams, uh in some sort of tournament uh playoff kind of model uh that remains to be seen uh i personally the idea that that intrigued me the most was the world cup style of you know group stage pool play uh a pool play group stage type of tournament where you have 20 teams uh, 20 best teams in the league broken down into uh, obviously sorted by record, but then broken up into random groups uh, that would all compete against each other. The issue, I guess the only issue that some people have raised with that uh, from a competition standpoint is if you do the whole random generator type thing where it's just random groups like they do in soccer, whether it be the World Cup or the UEFA Champions League, the only issue with that is that that does every time, every every year in soccer, uh, it, there's always a, a competitive imbalance uh, when one group is much harder than the others. It's just almost always happens. It's very rarely you mm-hmm. watch a pop up and there's not a group of death, quote unquote, that is clearly much tougher than the others or in the UEFA Champions League. And I think that that's something that would potentially arise if you do that in the NBA and you know, you end up with you know the Bucks and the the Pelicans and you know the Celtics and the Rockets and stuff like all in the same group and the Mavericks maybe now that's five teams in one group and you feel like man oh, any of those teams on any given night could win could beat anybody you know like the Pelicans maybe one of the worst teams in the league quote unquote the Blazers maybe one of the worst teams in the league but now you put them put them in the playoffs now they're fully healthy like they could beat anybody so that's the issue uh, with that format but my thing is look. Or on the flip side, you can put the Knicks and the Hornets and, you know, you yeah. know the Suns in one thing. And one of those yeah. teams advanced. And it's like, okay, well, now this team that nowhere near should be in the playoffs is now the top one of the last eight teams left. Or right. 16 teams left, whatever that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the Ringer did their own mock of, of, a, of a potential group. And one of the groups, it felt like three of the groups were pretty good. Were pretty normal, pretty tough, but like, you know, not super stacked. And then one one of the groups was very very weak. So it's like now is that a massive advantage to whatever team is in the, in that group? Absolutely. Like, you know, I think the I don't I don't I forgot what I think the Nuggets were in that group. And I, I said to myself as a Celtics fan, I was like, man, I wish, I wish we were in the Nuggets spot because <laughs> we'd have a much easier chance of of advancing. But no, yeah, I think that that's the way to go because I think it it creates a situation where 
each every one of those regular season quote unquote or those pool play group stage games becomes must see television. Um, it's essentially eighty games if they each play eight games, uh, two against each opponent. It be every game, all those every eight, all those eighty games becomes must see at least initially. Once it be, once it becomes clear who's gonna make it, some of these games then become all right. You sit sit a guy out because we're not gonna qualify for the for the playoffs. But um, but yeah, and then you, you after the after the group stage, then you divide it into eight. You have an elite eight. Whether or not you rank them by uh, regular season record, or you rank them by that's what I would do. But you could also rank them by just how they did in the pool play. But I I think they have a way to go about this. Um, but we as we talked about, you can't have all thirty two all thirty teams. I think that that makes no sense. I think it's it creates a it creates too much uh, too many people on top of each other. You know it. And it makes social distancing harder. And I don't think it's necessary for a league where I don't want to see the Suns play basketball again. I mean, sorry, Suns fans, but I, I pick on the Suns. I don't care. You know, like I don't want to see the Hornets play basketball again. Like they're, it's that we're we're at the end of the season. The season should be over right now. I'm, I don't. I, I I did not plan to be watching Suns basketball in June. You know, like. So I I'm just I don't want to get to the playoffs as fast as possible so we can get rid of all these teams that aren't that don't matter. Let's do that as fast as possible. Why are you picking on the Suns, man? <laughs> they ain't do nothing to you. you know, you're picking on the Suns and the and the, and the who was it the Hornets or someone else? I mean, yeah. I think I think the the World Cup kind of style is probably the closest thing that I've heard proposed. That makes me feel like we could have something closer, closest to a legitimate champion. Like, I really like this proposal if they decide to go that way. I think the reason why is because it you're not limiting the amount of seven-game series, but it does bring about, you know, intense basketball from the very beginning. Um, now, I do feel like things out of their control would still make me feel, make me feel like this season is not the same. But... It's not, okay, we're shortening the amount of teams in it or you got to win X amount of different games, you know, that way less than normal. That This feels a little closer to what I could accept. And I think that at this point for the NBA, they got to they gotta find a combination if they're going to try to do this safely, which, you know, if they're going to try to do this at all, which I can't speak to whether or not this is still even safe. But if you're going to try to do this and trying to split the difference between safety meets practicality, meets fan interest. This feels like this is the sweet spot that you would find. Um, safety regarding limiting the amount of teams to, let's say, it's 20 teams or so. Um, I think when it comes to uh, practicality, you know, you're not playing a full regular season to get to the postseason you're not bringing teams down to play some meaningless games, which we'll talk about in a second, um, to just make your you know requirement of X amount of you know broadcasted games, uh, and you're doing something that could be done in a kind of a timely manner. This is not something that's going to be dragged out like a full 16 team playoff with multiple days rest, you know, and you know you're playing till like October, like that. That's not practical. So you got to find something that kind of fits all of those things. 
And then the interest, it's me, this is the most, this is extremely intriguing because you you throw away the, 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 the conferences in a way that to me is way more interesting to me than the seed them from 1 to 16 thing. Um, this to me is way more fascinating than that because now you're getting to talking about almost two, almost two different playoffs because you got the, the playoffs with the, the pool play where like, yeah, you can kind of like strategize, you know, the way you would for like game to game, but it's different because you're not playing the same team back to back. So, you know, it's like, you're just kind of rotating it within your group. And then you go to a whole different part of the playoffs where now it is more traditional that to me is very intriguing that's very interesting um and the fact that you're getting more random matchups that we wouldn't normally see in the playoffs as opposed to just maybe uh, i think of the one of the 16 matchups that we've seen when they've done the seeding one to 16 with the current teams i think maybe half of the, the matchups are like inter-conference you know a lot you know a lot of them still are you know like the jazz will play the rockets the celtics will play the sixers a lot of them are still same conference. This at least would be like you know everybody's playing everybody in a kind of a, in a weird way. I think yeah, this would be and, way more fun. And it also creates the idea of like, you know how many times when it gets to the postseason we get to the situation where the first round, the first round is awful. It's almost always awful. Like sometimes you'll get a good like four or five matchup that goes seven games, but even those are kind of awful because it's like you know these teams aren't winning a championship. So like I don't care if the Jazz are facing the the Jazz are facing the Nuggets in a seven game series. It's like neither either one of your teams is gonna get swept by the Warriors anyway. So that's the that becomes a problem. But now we're in a situation, and then obviously the, the other side of like the Cavs or the Warriors, you know, in a normal season, like in the past, like sweeping teams in the first round, whoever they play. Um, now you kind of eliminate the first round, and now you have a team like the Lakers or the Bucks, where you know, like they're facing essentially a First round playoff game, yeah. One might, one of them might be against the Spurs or the Pelicans. Even the Spurs and Pelicans aren't lightweights, but you know a team that they normally would probably beat in five games in a, in a playoff series. But then their next game might be against the Rockets, or the, the game after that might be against right. the Celtics or the Sixers. And now it gets becomes tougher and tougher. You know, like it's not just five six games of blowouts. You know, it's you know it's not like from watching or like five know, six games of like fairly competitive games that you know kind of don't mean much from the lexicon of who's going to win an NBA championship. Like, you know, me and you as basketball peers can love, you know, maybe the the individual games for them being the, just basketball. But I think for a lot of casual fans, it's like, I mean, how many times, you know, the, 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 the Atlanta Hawks were like locked into these like pointless, you know, three, six or four or five matchups that would just be relegated to NBA yeah. TV. Or the Toronto Raptors, you know, prior to Kawhi getting there, just relegated to these like four or five matchups against the Nets and like the you know <laughs> teams that like nobody nobody cares nobody it doesn't matter who wins they go on seven like they're, they're competitive series and they're good games like you you watch those games they're they're well played and they're fun but I think for people who kind of look at the playoffs as more big picture which is fine I don't think that makes you less of a fan like I I kind of like these games like kind of like I kind of like it from just basketball purist standpoint of like. Seeing how a team is adjusting game to game and just seeing this kind of high level competition is good enough for me to not have to worry about like the macro of what happens next. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. So just kind of eliminates that a little bit because now that first round, like you said, the quote unquote first round, you're getting some very intriguing matchups. And those matchups are going to mean a lot. Because trust me, some of these, and if you did that kind of group stage kind of thing, 
some of these good teams are going to lose a game or two, and they're going to have to squeak a big game out to advance. You know? Yeah, what I don't think you can. I don't think you can advance with more than two losses. No, like not in this scenario. With five wins, if there's something where it's a tiebreaker off of like your record or something like that, but good luck. You know, if you're the Lakers or something like that, and you lose, if you lose one game, then that second game you do not want to lose. And especially if you you've already lost two games out of eight, now every game after that is an elimination game. So, I mean that I mean that would be riveting television. Um, I still think you would need a training camp and in uh, some preseason games. Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't, I, I don't want teams because I don't want there to be like this idea. Well, oh well, it's not the playoffs, so just throw them out there. You know, because now it's like I mean, these games still mean something. If LeBron, you know, isn't LeBron for those first two games, and he turns it up, but by the end it of the yeah, it could cost still, you a few games, and you still might. They still, then it's like, all right, well, if you if you would have had an extra week. Like they would have won, or they would have advanced. So, yeah, I still think that there should be a lengthy, semi-lengthy at least training camp preseason kind of situation. But besides that, I, I think personally, I think this is the way they should go. And knowing Adam Silver, I think this is the way they will go. I think the reason why they're not voting on this plan uh, this week is because I think that they're, I, I, or not voting on any plan this week is because I think. They're going to do something drastic, which is why I think they're going to wait a week, really get their ducks in a row this week so that next week they can unveil whatever that plan is. I think that plan will be something like this. So you think they're not voting because they have a favored plan, but it's going to be, I know you just said this, I'm trying not to repeat what you just said, but, but because it's going to be very drastic in order for everything to work out. They're really gonna have to like cross their T's and dot their I's. We're just not gonna hear that vote for tomorrow. But you think that they have an apple yeah. in their eye, yeah. and you think that, and you think this I is think, it? I I think if it were your standard, we're just gonna go eight teams, uh, eight eight playoff, sixteen playoff teams, East and West separated. I think we would have heard that, or they were gonna hear that this week. I think we would have heard that this week. But I think because it's going to be something a little more untraditional, it either is going to be playing tournaments, either in both the East and West or just the Western Conference. I think uh, playing tournaments potentially in both conferences, but um, or it's going to be group stage. But I think it'll be a group stage situation because the NBA just does not. Mm. They don't, they tend to lean more unconventional. You know, like the All Star game this year, they were not afraid to to make changes they were not they haven't been made they haven't been afraid to make changes the also in the last three four years so yeah um it doesn't it doesn't it wouldn't shock me if they decide to do something unconventional now and this could I be mean, the mod at stirring cup mid-season tournament that they're talking that they talked about yeah i mean and and look i would i would be for if they tried to do something bold with this like i told you like i i think that they should get as wacky as they want I don't think, because to me, the idea of keeping the sanctity of the playoffs is kind of fried. So, at this point, I don't. I don't think you should just throw away with like a you know March Madness style tournament, or anything like that. But I do feel like you you should try to get as creative as possible to make this interesting and practical. And I actually think this again, like I actually really like this. Cause I think it does. Is that they're not going to get to how I feel about 
you know, this being tainted. I, like, I'm never going to feel like this is a real championship. But this is actually, again, I think it's a, for practicality. I think this is probably the closest thing I can get to feeling. All right, well, you know, they had to, whoever won, like, they, they had to play a multitude of games against different teams. And then they played three seven-game series. Like, I, you know, ain't the same, but I could live with that a little bit. I couldn't live with playing five game and three game series. That to me was crazy. But that's that's not a playoffs. This feels more like a playoffs, but just a different format. And again, what we said before, this could be a great testing ground, um, not just for in season play in season tournaments, which we know are likely at some point. This could be a, you know a you know a playground for potentially what you do in the postseason later moving forward. Um. Because they've been kind of had this feeling that their NBA postseason has been stale. I don't feel that way, but I think they have that feeling. And they've been trying to figure out ways to, to juice it up a little bit. I think this would be a good way to do it, in my opinion. You know, shorten the NBA season and you just do this for the rest of it. Like, I think it's fine, but if you're going to change anything, I could see them doing something like this being and kind of being okay with it. Um, which says a lot, considering I, I'm such a stand for the current formatting of the NBA playoffs. I do feel like, my last thing on this before we get to Dame, I do feel like with all of this stuff being said, I, I still have a lot of doubts and concerns about player safety regarding injuries. Um, you talked about having to play preseason games and training games. That's mandatory to me. You cannot just throw guys out there and say, hey, go play very intense basketball. Guys are going to get seriously hurt. And about the safety of kind of just this whole, like, campus bubble-like environment they're trying to create at the ESPN Sports Complex. Um, the Disney, uh, I don't know how close the ESPN Sports Complex is to Disney World, but Disney World's opening up again in, like, July, which I learned today, which was nuts to me. But that's, again, maybe a topic for another day. But, um, so, like, I thought, oh, the whole Disney Park is, like, is closed, so like this is perfect actually because you know nobody's there. But Disney Disney World is about to open up in July, so I don't know about you trying to keep a campus atmosphere and keep people away from them. Well, you guys were kind of they were speaking to the fact that the Disney campus was so big and had so many hotels that it could work. But if you're bringing in people to even Disney World, I don't know how that. Well, that goes back to again. Maybe I'm. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I should first look up how close it is. But I always assumed that the ESPN Sports Complex was fairly close. Yeah, and and like you said, the idea was that look, Disney's not doing anything else, so they 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 have all the facilities to host them since they're not hosting anyone else. I see. I think this is what it, this is what it comes down to. Look, I haven't mentioned this on the show, but I've talked to you about this. Look, I think Bob Iger wants to be an NBA owner. I mean, honestly, I feel like he said that. So uh, he's on the record saying I think he, he, he'd be interested in owning an NBA team. I think the Knicks have been mentioned. But, um, and I think Disney stepping up and saying we will uh, we will host this tournament makes me think that I think this is him trying to position himself uh, to get in the good graces of the NBA's Board of Governors, as well as Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that they, I don't think that they're opening up Disney World unless, like, unless the NBA is okay with it. 
Well, Disney. I just did a Google Map search, and Disney, the, the world, the Walt Disney World Resort is about. It looks like to me, it looks like about two miles away, unless I'm tripping right now. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like five minute drive. So it's different. So it's a different complex. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be a long walk, but you could walk. So but none of that. I, mean, I, I know, know, but the point though was that, like, <laughs> my understanding—I don't again—I don't know how many hotels on the East Bay and World Complex side of the Disney World stuff. But the whole idea was there were like hotels and stuff to live in. But if you're bringing people, or are people not going to allow to sit stay in the hotels, like I'm very like I don't understand. Like, wouldn't they all be in the same hotel and stuff? That's how I would understand it, right? The multiple hotels that they have. I'd imagine that. I don't know the. It's tough for me to say because I don't. I, I'm not a Disney parks expert, but I again, I, I don't think yeah, I've been, been there. I've been there since I was like seven, so <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. And after, trust me, I think anybody yeah. who's listening definitely doesn't feel like I sound like an expert right now. But yeah, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I, I just know that um, again. I don't think that this would happen. Like I, I'm, put it like this. I'm I'm ninety percent confident. These things will take place in uh, in Disney, uh, Orlando. Oh, I mean, um, I agree. I agree. I'm just yeah. saying. I don't and know so about the safety. That, so because of that, I, I I think it's going to be done in a way that is very possible and very safe. Um, but do you think? So you think that if it if if they're do if they're opening up Disney, you're saying you think I, I, I you think, think it's I because it's not going to affect the NBA. Yeah, I think it'll be in a way in which, like, the NBA still has whatever reserve things they need to have their own sequestered kind of campus with no one outside, no one in, no one out. I think that'll still be the case. Um, I'm imagining that there are different kind of locations. Like, it could be the different, it could be like the Meadowlands, like, you know, one person's in MetLife and another person's in the Prudential Center, you know? Like, if the guys in MetLife never leave MetLife, then they should be fine. You know what I mean? I I think um, like I hear you. I guess to me, I would just need to I would need to see it. Cause yeah, of, I, I how crazy? Because this virus is still so unknown that like I'm not trying to be the fear monger on here. I'm just like I don't know. We don't know a lot about this virus. And first, the whole pitch initially was nobody's at Disney, so this would be perfect. And now yeah, Disney's like, no, we're bringing people to Disney World. I'm like, and. Even if the notion is, well, a lot of people aren't going to show up to Disney World. I, I don't know about Florida. You see the beaches <laughs> during Memorial Day? Like, I, people are going to show up. I don't know how many, but it don't really matter as long as people show up, really. Like, it doesn't have to be. It can be 30% capacity. That still will cause an issue, I would think. But um, but I'd have to see how they would kind of section all that stuff off. Then we talk about bringing in family members. You know, Which I'm at, at a later at a later date, mm-hmm. not not during that time where everyone's there, but like you know after people have been eliminated. So it's not like y'all bringing people all at once who have all not tested positive and are quote unquote safe. You're bringing yeah, people I'm not, later. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not keen on that idea. Personally. Yeah, I think you got to bring them in from the beginning. I don't think you can say yeah, in semi final. Okay, now your family can come in. Like no, <laughs> I don't yeah, think that makes any sense. Something they don't want to bring in. You know, especially because I mean? you know, and let's keep it a buck. I know work in television news, so I'm following how this virus has progressed very carefully. The, the the cases are spiking in a lot of places. This isn't a thing. Yeah. Like you know, I'm I live in New York City. Cases have gone down 
considerably. The deaths have gone down considerably. But there are a lot of states where there are, is an increase. Arkansas has an increase. Obviously, there aren't many NBA players in Arkansas. But Texas has an increase. Um, there are areas. Florida's been having, Florida has been having an increase. Like, even now. I saw that. I'm like, Florida's increasing now. I'm like, I'm like how is this going to work? Like, so... And that's and this is us talking on May, whatever this is, 28th, 29th, like 28th. Um, what happens in July? What does this look like in July? I don't I just don't know. I'm not going to say that it means that it can't be done. But these are the questions that have to be asked because, um, no, shout out to Mark Spears, by the way, which we didn't even really kind of discuss at the top. Big thanks to Mark Spears. If you listen to the last podcast, uh, Mark Spears, the ESPN, the undefeated came on and had a really great conversation that that uh, podcast is also on our youtube channel New generation media the whole episode so check it out um but you know he said like how do you what who's responsible if somebody gets covid and then who's responsible if someone unfortunately passes away from it like these are kind of really the serious questions you have to ask and and I hear you saying we letting people in Disney World when the whole pitch from the beginning was Disney World is, is empty so that's why this makes sense I'm like well how is that going to work? And then you're saying we're going to bring in people in the middle of the playoffs while cases are spiking in certain areas. And it doesn't, and just again, to keep it a buck, it doesn't seem like some of these other states where cases are spiking are doing really a lot to try to stop it. A lot of them are opening up more. So it's just, it's, it's, these are all, these are all the caveats that have to be also still brought up. Like, you know, I love kind of, I don't love it. I wish none of this was happening. But, I, I, you know, we can debate about, like, you know, is this playoff scenario make sense over this one just from a basketball standpoint and how it would look standpoint and a consumer standpoint. But I'm thinking about just still, like, from just a human standpoint, if we stopped this season because we had spiking cases of coronavirus. And in some places, including the place they want to play, in look, the state, they're having spiking cases. One thing, one thing Mark Spears brought up in our interview that no one's talked about is – the idea of if, in terms of the competition aspect of this, is if anyone gets test positive for COVID, they are or coronavirus, they are going to have to be quarantined for two weeks. And what if that player is consequential? You know, right? Like, exactly. Obviously, it's important. You know, if anybody gets it, but or any personnel, of course, any yes. team personnel gets it. But from a from a competition standpoint, what if LeBron James got coronavirus and right. was out for two weeks? He could be perfectly healthy, but now he can't play. Right. You know, we hope he's perfectly healthy, and then but now he can't play. Now, if that's it during the NBA Finals or any series, that blows that thing up right completely. completely. Now, I guess in theory, you know, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, didn't end the NBA Finals, but this is something that it can spread so easily. You know, yeah, that you would think exactly. the likelihood of one of these guys getting it. If one of these guys gets it, a lot of guys get it. And if a lot of if, if a whole team gets it, what are you gonna do? So yeah, I mean this is this is I don't know. You probably <laughs> have a better chance of getting coronavirus than tearing your Achilles. Yes. I would think. I yes. don't know. But or I would assume. ACL or yeah. all those you know what I'm saying? Like that that seems more out of an more NBA likely to happen. More, yeah, it's more likely you'll get coronavirus than anything else combined. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have, you know, a million people who, you know, torn the ACL, torn the Achilles from, you yeah. know, March to May. And a lot of things you can play through. This is just one of the things they're just not going to let you play through. Right, Even exactly. If you feel fine enough to play through it, they're not going to let yeah. you. So, 
there's if there is no like so that's something that's not being talked about but i mean it's going to greatly affect any sport but basketball like one player makes such a huge difference for sure so yeah, for sure this is yeah. going to be that's where you talk that's when you get into that whole asterisk standpoint you know right. conversation where if that ever came to be I would certainly then be on your side of yeah this, this thing is is, is fake, <laughs> you know. Yep. No, I get you. And again, uh, once again, massive, massive shout out to Mark Spears for coming on, man. Um, and the, the the podcast episode still holds up if you want to listen to it. It's a really great conversation, not just about you know the coronavirus stuff in the NBA, but just his his career and some of the G League G League stuff, and it's just all good stuff. So make sure you check that out again. It's on YouTube, New Generation Media. On our podcast network, which of course you find on, if you found this, you know how to find the Mark Spears podcast. But um, of course, podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so on and so forth. Um, staying on this NBA uh, competition side of the conversation, though, let's talk about uh, Portland guard Damian Lillard, who is now voicing support for some kind of playing tournament for teams outside of the postseason picture. After telling Yahoo Sports initially he wouldn't suit up. If the Blazers didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, the Blazers are three and a half games out right now with the league uh, wary of how many teams they bring back, which is what we discussed for a lot of this start of this show and regular season games uh, and how many regular season games they play. There's a concern teams like Portland won't have enough games to make up ground needed to contend. And even beyond Portland, teams like the Knicks would just be coming back just to, you know, play. And a lot of that has to do with what uh, that 70 game magic number that's been discussed for the league when it comes to meeting broadcast obligations uh and, and the nba uh excuse me and, and the blazers have only played 66 games so 70 if 70 is the number and they're three and a half games out and they play 66 i mean you do the math that's why damien saying i'm not coming back for that because we ain't we ain't we ain't making the playoffs or maybe he'll play one game and then sit it out sit out whatever anyway do you think Dame has a point not to want to suit up for what he says would be meaningless games? Look, Damian Lillard's being honest. Um, just like Blake Snell. Uh, I think, you know, I think he could, again, similar to Blake Snell. I don't think his comments were as bad as Blake Snell, but I think similar to Blake Snell, could he have worded them a little differently or had a different maybe tone to it? Of course. Uh, but he's being honest. And I, I don't think just, similar, just like Bates. No, I think the, the 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 crux of his argument, I'm never going to bash. And it's something I talked about when this thing first came out, when we first started talking about potentially reopening a season is if a guy says they don't want to play, I, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy to say, go out there and play. I, I don't care. It could be a Celtic. You know, I'm a Celtic fan. If Jason Tatum says I don't feel safe playing. That's a shame, but, you know, I guess next man up, you know? But, like, I, so I, I, some people are getting on Damian Lillard saying he feels, he sounds spoiled, entitled. Um, I mean, my thing is, look, he has the right to go out there and play. If, I, I don't know what the NBA is, you know, what they're going to negotiate with the Player Association in terms of guys not playing and whether or not that means that that's, whether or not they have to be paid through that, I would say they should, but um, some would say no. I don't know. But but no, I think from a moral standpoint, 
again, I don't think any team that's not in a play in a playoff race should be in Disney. So I think Damian Lillard makes sense. I like personally, if I were a fan of one of these teams, I don't think I'd want my guys playing. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's it's this is this is to me. I think this is licensed to tank. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. The draft order is probably already set for the most part. I don't think there's be much change to that. But like. You know, like I, if if I'm a tanking team, I wouldn't be playing my best players late in the season anyway. So yes, Damian Lillard is just saying what probably every NBA owner was already thinking: is yes, if we can't make the playoffs, I don't want my best players out there because it's an injury risk. It it's a uh, so it's a <laughs> liable to get injured, and it doesn't help us in the lottery standing. So I don't think he's saying anything that crazy, but I just think obviously heightened heightened sensitivity would have probably been better during these times but um what he's saying isn't incorrect no i i really uh i'm you're not gonna find sympathy from me for people upset about what dame said um just kind of similar to the blake snell thing um and i agree i think this wasn't even wasn't wasn't even as it i i don't even think Blake Snell was inflammatory but if you want, that's the only word I can think of um, to compare the two. This wasn't as inflammatory as Blake Snell at all. Uh, this is what happens during the regular NBA. I don't know what people are kind of tripping yeah. about for the people that are tripping. During the regular NBA, mm-hmm. at certain points in the season, teams can't make the playoffs. And the teams say, oh, the guy has a bad foot. The guy has a bad shoulder. He's resting up. He needs off-season surgery. Like, they just make something up. Or they tell them, get surgery. Like, you know, like, they just, yeah. they do something, they do whatever they got to do, you know, to play the younger guys, which has a actual benefit, one, yes. um, to actually knowing what you got, seeing how these guys match up with the future, maybe raising some of these guys' off-season trade stock. Like, there's a there's a reason why you want to play some of these bench guys or guys who don't get as much time. Um, he, development, is, you know, sorry, what was that? How, how good is Gary Trent? Right. I don't know. Right, exactly. How good is Anthony <laughs> Simons? You know, yeah, Anthony Simons. Like, right. can he be a guard, a starting guard on an NBA team? I don't know. Yeah, but you know what would help if he got to play thirty-five minutes for these four games? Yeah, medium basketball games. Yeah, <laughs> or even if I still didn't know, at least he gets some experience, and maybe I'll help him yeah. work towards getting to that if he's not there yet. But how yeah. would I know if I got to play Damian Lillard forty minutes? You know, like. It's it's common sense. You, you know, we're the wrong show for people who hate tanking and things like that. Because you and I both agree. I I am never I'm never going to get on the side of fighting teams who don't play guys for their own reasons. I, I'm not going to be the guy. I can't yeah. say I won't be disappointed. Like I, I I told the story earlier this year. I went to see I went to Los Angeles to see two Knicks games. I was really excited. The first time I got to see the Knicks on the road in my entire life. And and I was in Los Angeles, first time seeing the Knicks in L.A., so that was really exciting. And first game, Kawhi, you know, low management, not playing against the Knicks. Was I bummed? Yeah, I was bummed. I was like, oh, man, I wanted to see Kawhi. But that was it. That was it. I was like, okay, well, whatever. I guess Kawhi's not playing tonight. But, like, it wasn't like that. That was, that was like, the depth of, like, my my frustration. Like, I got it. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that does suck to go to the game and think you're going to see Kawhi. He's not out there. But then I went to the game, and it was fine. It was, I had a good time. Like you know, it, it's not it's not a tragedy to me. Like if Dame comes back and says I'm not playing these four games when we're three and a half out and we have pretty much no chance to make the playoffs, like I would say that's smart. Like I, you shouldn't get, try not to get coronavirus, try not to you know blow out a knee for something that's pointless. Like that's that's smart. That's that's that's, that's how I feel. You know, I I wouldn't go out there either. 
obviously um, people don't dying. like to hear that people don't like to hear when people you know guys kind of you know flex their own power but i don't know what to say get, go, go play in the nba if you don't like it like seriously like yeah. you're good enough yeah. to go play in the nba yeah. and then you play 82 games and non-stop and play no matter what injury or what what situation or what pandemic you go do that and and then all right then that's fine but until then yeah. you really can't do much but either turn the tv off and don't watch the games or just watch the games <laughs> just really, I don't know what else to say. Kevin won the championship. He is one of the guys in this league that I would give the most leverage to, or the most most uh, rope to, given you know how much of a competitor he is. How much yeah, I mean, come on, this is Dame. Like this is like I, I can name some guys where if they said this, I'd be like, I would still agree with them, but I'd be like, more oh, right, on brand for certain guys and others. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could. You know, it, it, you know, if, if this is football and Ricky Waters was saying this, I'd be like, okay, I, you know, I can understand this. You know, if this was Bobby Bonilla playing baseball. <laughs> I'd be like, yes. okay, I get what he's saying, but man, uh, okay, this is right. what we're doing. But I mean, Dame, everyone knows Dame's an ultimate competitor. Yeah, which is and part of the reason why he doesn't want to play. It's like these are these games aren't com- aren't competitive. He's come up huge in, in, in playoff moments, but yeah, if you're, but if you're a, if you're a, Honestly, if you are the ultra competitor, why would you want to play in one of these games? Right, exactly. It's a, it's a glorified exhibition game for your team. So yeah, I I one hundred percent get it. Um, it's the one thing about like college basketball that I do like is that every team kind of has a chance till the end, till we make it to the tournament. Um, right. You know, and there's not really. There, there, there will there could be a play in tournament that gives a team like Portland a chance to uh, a chance to make it, but for the most part, um, like I, I don't expect to see Devin Booker play play basketball anymore. You know, I don't expect to see like I, I don't know. I keep thinking about the Suns and Hornets, Nick Batum or somebody, but uh, I don't even really expect to see Trey Young, but. Um, some may say that's unfortunate, but honestly, if I were a fan of one of those teams, I really want to. I am in draft mode, and that's what Steve Kerr said. He, his team's in offseason mode. He said that a long time ago. Kind of had to walk those comments back because people thought that that meant that, it, that they weren't they wouldn't play if, if asked. But mm-hmm. I just think it puts a lot of people in that unnecessary risk. Like it's yeah. already already yeah, exactly. a risk. it's already a risky situation. Exactly. Yeah. Now now you're risking for what? It's a waste of time. So yeah, and I think Adam Silver knows that. I think the league knows that. And I think if I were an owner of an NBA team, I, I would speak up for my guys and say, "Look, I, we still want a piece of the pie, mm. but like, I don't want any of my people getting sick over something that doesn't matter." Exactly. Yep. All all fair points. Uh, let's head over to baseball though. Let's talk some talk some hardball. So <laughs> things appear to be getting contentious. In Major League Baseball's discussions about resuming play or even starting their season, really, they were in the middle of spring training when all this stuff went down. Uh, the Players Union seems to be digging in their heels, uh, saying they will not forfeit any more money when it comes to negotiations. The players agreed to uh, prorated salaries in previous negotiations with their owners, and they came to an agreement. I don't know if it was on paper or whatever or non-binding, because all of a sudden now there's all these issues because... Um, uh, the owners are now asking for deeper salary cuts due to the fact that fans will likely not be able to come to 
at least some games, and in a lot of scenarios, it could very well be the whole season. We don't have fans in stadiums, which would obviously uh, cut a lot of fan revenue um, uh, because of that. The union is of the feeling that the, the salaries part of the discussion should have been put to bed when they had the original agreement that uh, set the prorated salaries for the season. Um, the players had already balked at a 50-50 revenue split, and they actually proposed deferring the salary payments so that maybe it could help owners, I guess, with their pockets. I don't know how these billionaires you know, have trouble, but whatever. Um, uh, the union took umbrage when the owners responded with a new proposal that called for more salary cuts. Then that would hit uh, highest players, highest paid players uh, the hardest. Super agent Scott Boris is telling his clients not to give in, saying, quote, the games can't be played without them. And talking about, uh, you know, his top players, top clients, and that they should, uh, quote, not bail out the owners by giving back cash, which has then led to some, I guess, so we can consider some infighting within the players, because then uh, Trevor Bauer, who's always very outspoken, came out and said, uh, I only have one thing to say. Scott Boris, rep your clients however you want, but keep your damn personal agenda out of union business. So, Kendall, this is getting messy. How does this all play out, you think, with where we are right now? Um, how it plays out? Before I get to that, um, EJ, how old were you in 1994? Uh, as of April 21st, I would have been three years old. You would have been three years old, man. So, in, in August of 94, you were three uh, that was obviously the year we had no World Series, um, because of a work stoppage, a bait player strike against against the owners that ended up uh canceling the season in, in August and ultimately having no World Series and not being resolved until April of the following year. Uh, that was a black mark for the game. Oof, yeah. Uh, for anybody that was alive, I was not. But um, so for me, I didn't. I like. I didn't grow up experiencing that. Uh, What's so I weird too for me is like, I I really got into baseball like during the home run chase in '98, and I think I've talked about it a little on the show about why the last dance like matters so much to me. It's probably because like it was like the culmination of my love for sports. Because you yeah, had the home run chase. Uh, the Mets got Mike Piazza. Um, the Jets went to the AFC Championship game. And then, like, the Bulls were going for six. And I hated the Bulls, but I was deeply, deeply involved in following what was happening. Um, so, 98 means a lot. So, it was, it was weird for me because when I really, really started to really embrace baseball, like, there had already been, like, these years where that were really lean for, like, fan interest because of the strike that I've never really fully grasped or experienced. As a kid, because I was too young. Yeah. So it was just a very weird time. People are talking about, oh, this is so great. Like, this feels like before the strike. And I'm like, I don't know what the strike felt like. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, if Major League Baseball wants to have a massive decline in interest, like what was experienced during the strike, they are not going to restart anytime soon. Um, but I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, that was a black mark for the game, one that was hard for them to recover, but uh, was aided by the the eventual steroid era yep. that, 
that also then became a black market for baseball, but uh, we know what that we know what that was. But um, baseball is not doing well right now, man. We talk about like we talked about the Astros situation. They had a World Series, a borderline dynasty that was blatantly cheating the game. Mm-hmm. Not even with no gray area involved. They were just blatantly cheating. And they were the best team in the American League for the last two or three years. And on top of that, and that's that's on top of the fact that there were probably multiple teams doing it. We all, you know, we had managers from multiple teams be fired and suspended. Like that was a major, major scandal. Uh, if baseball can't resume when they've been playing baseball in Korea for uh, going to be over a month uh, at some point soon then it would be a just a massive black mark for the game. So I, I would hope that things turn around. Mm-hmm. The issue is look, the the owners are being are being stingy. The players are asking for a lot of the pie. It's it's, it's hard. You know, these things are hard, but at the end of the day we're at, we're they're arguing over millions and billions of dollars. It like no one is gonna have sympathy for anyone when you when you're trying to divide billions of dollars, I uh, I just can't, and not and not during a global crisis, where the economy is at an all time low, right. and people are are very sick and people are dying. It, it just no one's gonna care about you guys arguing over oh we deserve this billion and you we deserve that hundred million. So yeah, no that that is just a it's it's tone deaf. Um, just honestly, like I've been a, I don't say I've been a defender of Rod Manfred, but I just see all these sports commissioners have tough jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's got to find a way to get this done. You know, he's got to yeah. find a way to get this done. Uh, with this plus the Astros thing, if this turns, if this takes a bad turn, which it very easily can, then I don't see how he can keep his job. From being honest. Mm, wow. Um... Which is so ironic, because at the end of the day, while I agree, um, Manfred has got to find a way to get this done, he does represent the owners. So if he's representing the owner position and the players yeah. aren't accepting it, it's... I mean, it's you, could say maybe, you could say maybe in, like, his negotiating tactics, it's, it's his fault. But really, it's the owner's fault, because it's their proposal. It's their... He's doing their bidding, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I will say... You know, I, I, I hammered uh, Manfred... I started hammering Manfred recently. It started with... Uh, I think the minor league stuff um but i mean you've been on the same page i'm not i think manfred gets way too much crap i think for the most part he's forward thinking in a way that's best for baseball not worse for baseball um i agree i, I you know what you kind of really put it in a great perspective for me um this is do or die i think for major league baseball i think this is that serious if Negotiation tactics regarding money is why we don't get play. Not forget about health, because health could knock all the stuff out. Obviously, we is always the major caveat, which is what we talked about with the NBA. But if if money, if millions and billions is why we don't get any kind of baseball, and if NBA, NHL, and NFL figure this out, the idea that baseball baseball's already kind of lost its status as America's pastime. I. You want to talk about being a major sport. You might you might be talking about, you know, being on that hockey level. Where, you know, you got the NBA and NFL, and baseball is in that three still, though right now they're third. 
if they mess around, they're in that hockey tier, which is like you're a major sport, but like oof, you're kind of niche. That's what they're that's what they're in danger of becoming because so many people with their attention is so drawn away from just sports in general. Like I don't, I I rarely watch sports content really anymore besides the last dance like if i'm watching any kind of sports content well i maybe i watch an old game but like besides because i'm crazy but but besides like uh like you know sports like talk shows or sports news i don't really find myself watching anything because i feel like my lexicon can't really absorb it there really isn't much of a take and a little bit we have is depressing so you know my my attention is on you know was unfortunately maybe more depressing news, whether it be coronavirus or even this terrible stuff that's happened this week, and then my work, and then what we do here, and then, um, and then you know what we do for Hero Talk. But like, I don't know why people don't got the attention spans to be worried about these guys fighting over millions of dollars and billions of dollars. They don't got time for that. They barely had time for baseball before. We've seen the money dry up for baseball for the last I don't know how many years, and. That to me is, I think, baseball's biggest issue is I don't feel like they really have truly come to a, for lack of a better term, a come to Jesus moment about where their status is in America right now and how terrible it is. I mean, just to be honest, like, again, I couldn't tell you how big, like, baseball was in 2000. Like, you know, obviously I was in New York, so yeah, the Mets and Yankees in the World Series, so that felt, like, enormous, but... It's just it's it's just not the same. It's it's clearly not as popular. It's clearly not as um it's clearly not as, you know, in the conversation. It's just not as important. Yeah. And you think that you have the luxury to potentially lose a season at this point in time when everyone's attention is worried about whether or not they're going to survive and whether or not their pet families are going to survive and whether they're going to get the next check. You really think people are going to be, they're going to be concerned about whether or not you play or not when you already were declining? They, baseball was hot in 93 when they had to strike and they almost didn't survive. Baseball was still America's pastime at that yeah. point in time. In fact, you could say the strike was probably why it's no longer the pastime. You could argue that that was the beginning of the NFL kind of becoming America's sport. Yep. You you think that now now of all times that you you have the you you have the hubris now to think that all right yeah we'll we'll play hardball maybe mess around and not have a season we'll, let's let's we'll see what happens. It's, 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 it's absurd. Not to mention there being you know no minor league baseball either. Yeah, and that's crazy. I saw there was some guy that went viral because he you know he was like a he was a dude and he was like going crazy because the players and the money stuff and him think you know what's also crazy is you have these so many of these fans who just side with the billionaires as opposed to the millionaires not to say that there are a lot of heroes here but it's just like very interesting the guy's like they don't want to play replace them just replace them which is a terrible idea by the way but whatever yeah. let's even go along with that they can't even do that they cutting hundreds of minor leaguers they just cut them yeah. all of them what who are you gonna replace them with me i ain't going out there <laughs> Like, who, like that's how bad this is that, like, they don't have any other option. <laughs> like, they don't have, like, obviously, you know, again, health reasons. Of course, if there's a health reason why you can't play, then you can't play. We can't control that. But 
this notion that they could like, oh, we can just, you know, we'll just st- sit around and just see what happens. What do you mean you're going to see what happens? I wish they would. Yeah. So and it's not from the that. not it's not from a contentious standpoint that I wish they would because I love baseball. It's like you know what for all of the terrible ways you've handled this league for twenty years, yeah, go ahead, decide to have a no no playing through a labor dispute. This this is how this is how this should die. Like at this point, like this this is fine because at this point, why not? Like you you've already ruined this game to a point of no return. It's like you might as well just go full tilt at this point. Like it's absurd to me that this is actually a discussion, and I don't. I'm not even in the game of pointing at who's to blame. I don't really care. It's kind of, kind of goes back to what you hear with like you know Governor Cuomo in New York talking about politics. Is like forget about you know these pork legislations where you're trying to get all all of this stuff in and just help people. Like forget about like your own agendas. Just give money out to help people who are in desperate need. Like. What are you doing trying to be like, oh, we need to get more money or you know, like what? Like this just put together something that everyone can agree with and then just go play. If, if that's what you want to do, if the health guidelines suggest that it's, it's baffling to me that no other league is having this issue. That's why I'm getting on baseball right now. Because where is the football fight? Where is the basketball fight? Yeah, Over money. There's, there's talks about how they should play and stuff, but over money, no, that's been cleared up already. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look. I baseball is in a weird spot because, like, I don't envy their position because the NBA and NHL, like, seventy five percent of their revenue has already been made. You know, so like the the really what they're talking about is divvying up like the last twenty five percent. Um. So Major League Baseball hasn't made any revenue this season. They're, they're talking about completely slashing whatever they planned on making. So that's not easy to that's not easy to discern. But you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta take the look every every time Woj or Shams, not every time, but a lot of times when they have discussed these player meetings, whether it be from Michelle Roberts to talking to the players or Adam Silver having discussions with the player association or with certain teams or players, it's always been that it has been, there's been dialogue about the fact that the financial situation is grim. They haven't, you know, like these, they, that hasn't been glossed over during this whole thing that Adam Silver has let players know this thing is not looking good. You know, there are going to be massive, massive ramifications financially because of, uh, the coronavirus and because of the this the stoppage of play and because of that uh but you, you we haven't seen nba players come out and say no i want my check i want my full check or i want this amount because i think they know the optics of that would be horrific and they could lose fans at a time in which the nba is becoming an emerging powerhouse in the North American sports lexicon, really in the global sports lexicon. So that would be foolish. That would be a foolish stance to take. Major League Baseball should take should handle this with even more care, considering they are a fledging sports brand, particularly in North America. So 
you would think that they would take the they would take the high road and say, look, we're gonna lose money, but we all just gotta lose money together. You know, not who's gonna lose more. I want to lose less than you lose. Like I just think that that makes. I just think it makes no sense. I don't know how you divvy it up, but I just. But to me, the losses. I think to me that's why I got I get so hot about this because it, it stems from that same hubris that is why we're here with baseball struggling. Like it's me. It's 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 not disconnected. Like baseball has had this holier than thou. We know more than you. Take what we give you. This is how things are done. Five for ever. For, frankly, forever. And any little bit that's changed is met with like crazy, disc, you know, like crazy, you know, people upset, you know, an amount of a crazy amount of opposition. Yep. And this, this digging the heels by the owners and players is it's the same. It's this is how it has to be. This is how it's done. How dare you think you can pull a fast one on me? Like we're not budging. This is who we are. And it's like, look in the mirror, fam. Your sport is not the same. Your league is not the same. It hasn't been the same for 20 years. At least. You could argue it hasn't been the same since the, since the strike. Maybe the steroid ever was just like a miniature little, for lack of a better term, jolt in the arm that it got for that six-year period where, you know, we were really invested again. They don't, they don't, they, they lack all self-awareness. And this is why we are where we are with this sport. And it's, it's just, it's just frustrating because I, I, I feel like when you sit down and you watch some of these guys and you follow the sport and you see how exciting some of these guys are, how incredibly athletic some of these guys are, how flamboyant and interesting some of these guys are, and how the league just doesn't seem to want to ever like people can't embrace that because of this other nonsense like we can't embrace it we can't showcase it nobody cares and it's because of their own volition like and i told you i've, I've said this for a long time and i believe this about baseball i think the reason why their marketing campaign around the sport is so bad is because they can't market stars because they're afraid they're gonna get hit with steroids which is their problem to begin with because they didn't crack down on steroids when it was happening yep I know yeah. I'm going off on a tangent, but again, to me, it's all connected. It's not an accident to me that this is the sport where they're saying, no, no, I know more than you. You're not going to do this to me. This is how things should be done. That's not an accident that baseball is the one doing that. It's not. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, and we can't we can't, again we can't overlook the 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 potential the the potential uh, doomsday scenario there being no no season and what that would the, the ramifications of what that would entail from I don't a even, I, I don't even want to think about it from a brand standpoint like I mean, really like I really don't even want to think about what would happen if there was no season state. on again on a labor issue of course we can't. Health is different on labor and yeah. money. I don't even want to think about how that would go if we somehow didn't get a season. Which makes me feel like 
I don't think that these guys are that are that obtuse. They're obtuse because they're even walking down this line. They also don't know their fans too. Because I feel like their fans of almost all of the sports fans are least likely. Maybe besides hockey, because hockey is they they like they're about tough guys. So I think they're just about like go out there and play whatever. But I think besides hockey, maybe I think of of all the fan bases, they're the least fan. The fan base that's the most. That would be most, most repugnant to, like, this kind of thing. Like, this kind of labor dispute. It wouldn't yes. go well over with any fan base. But I think this one, besides hockey, would be... They would not take well to it at all. Yeah. And then they're the ones that, that are digging in their hairs the most to, like, let this happen. That's why the strike... Oof. That's why the strike had such a negative effect on the on the sport the first time. Right. NBA fans don't care about a lockout. And they didn't lose any fans over the lockout. No. <laughs> They, but, in fact, they got they got more popular after the lockout. Yeah, more crazy, popular. After crazy. That was the boom. That started the boom of the NBA, and uh, with Major League Baseball, the strike really, really hampered popularity. So, yeah, this and I think you also talk about you know the mindset of the fan base. I think people, you know, I just don't think people would would, would go for it, especially you. It's an older fan base. And, yeah, it's old school, exactly. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of sports out there that are gonna be that are gonna be starting up, and Premier League, the Premier League starting up in June. Um, obviously, we still have the UFC is still going on. They're about to move to Fight Island and Mortal yeah, Kombat, baby. Mortal yep. Kombat. That's what I'm looking to see. Uh, NBA is starting up. So look, do we? <laughs> This is what is so troubling for Major League Baseball is that, like, not only is this a time where they would be off the lexicon if they didn't play, but then you'd also have to talk about the fact that now the the rest of the summer will be dominated by other leagues. This is the time to play baseball. And you can't just play baseball yeah. in, any, in, in any month. Yeah, you, you literally so I, can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, Unless you're going to just, again, keep it the location. This is, yeah, this is an absolute mess for the league. All right, let's get out of here, Kendall. What's Kendall's court? Yeah, well, you know, I talked about certain leagues opening up. Um, this weekend, we had uh, a couple of sporting events. You know, last last Kendall's court, I gave you the update of, um, or gave the update of uh, what happened over uh, in UFC. Down in Jacksonville, and this uh, this week, we another another weekend in sports update. Uh, we had Coca Cola 600 in uh, NASCAR. Watched a little bit of that. That uh, <laughs> went on until midnight, uh, ironically enough. So that was very odd uh, because of rain delays. But then we also had um, the match, uh, the match part two rather, because last year. Uh, we had the, the the first edition of the match, uh, which featured a golf an exhibition golf tournament between Tiger Woods and Phil Mixon, where the winner won a certain amount of money. I don't remember the the, the exact number. Um, and Tiger won that one. And this year it was between it was a two on two uh, golf tournament between Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning uh, uh, versus Tom Brady. And uh, Phil Mickelson. So that was certainly that was certainly interesting. I was certainly going to watch it because, look, like EJ mentioned, we're talking about more 
uh, Hall of Famers, you know, three of the, I would say three of the, the six, maybe even three of the five biggest athletes of the 2000s. You know, if we talk about Peyton Manning, Tiger, and Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, like so that that was obviously a huge a huge event, um, and I thought it was well. I thought I thought it, I thought it worked well. You know, I I didn't watch really the first one because I personally I didn't have that much interest in watching. You know, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods just going at it one on one. I think the two on two aspect of it made it much better because. One, you had to deal with, like, the idea of um, Tiger and Phil having to kind of not only perform, but also, like, having to deal with the fact that they're playing with an amateur, you know? And so, like, it put even more pressure on them to perform because, like, any slip-up could be the difference between them losing and winning. Um, But then also them having – you saw Phil Mickelson was basically Tom Brady's coach – he was coaching up on every. I felt like I was getting a golf lesson watching Phil Mickelson uh, out there with Tom Brady. Um, but also, I think some people have talked about how there's also maybe a little bit more of an appetite for watching amateur golfers sometimes than there is even for pro golfers. And uh, seeing Brady and Peyton out there playing was it was it was cool, you know. So I, I mean, I liked it. I, I thought the best aspect of it was probably the 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 banter, uh, they were all mic'd up. They were, they they had a you know an earpiece and they were communicating with the telecast, play by play. Brian Anderson and Charles Barkley was doing color, yeah, uh, along with Thomas. So the banter was terrific. Some good moments. So I, I mean, I thought it was good. The only issue really was it was raining there as well. Um, so that was kind of awkward. But uh, they ended up they were able to finish, and I, I thought it was an excellent tournament. So or, uh, or an excellent. Uh, match, for lack of a better term. So I mean, I'm excited for for part three. I think go after. Um, I'll go after. I wouldn't do Tiger and, and Phil Mickelson this time. I don't know if they have to, but I will go for maybe two younger people, two younger golfers, more in their prime. Not to say Tiger. Tiger looked excellent. Looked like he probably still win a tournament, but uh, and I would go for like someone like Steph Curry. Maybe go Steph Curry and like Jordan Spieth. And Roy McIlroy. Oh, and I was even thinking maybe Steph and Romo because Romo is a really good player. Yeah, yeah, you can do Romo. That would yeah. be. And I love watch that. Go Steph Curry and, and Romo with like McIlroy and Spieth. You know, like that would I would certainly watch that. But now I think the I, no, go ahead. Can I leave finish before I? No, yeah, but um, but no, I thought it was great. Uh, and I just and I, I'll let you I'll let you jump in before I have one more point. But no, I was just gonna say that you know, I I do. It's weird because on the one hand, like, yeah, I would love to see guys who are more in their prime, guys who are probably better than Phil and Tiger at this point. I just also feel like those guys aren't as interesting. So in regards to like right. garnering enough attention, I don't think it would. Like Phil and Tiger is like the most talked about kind of – it's kind of weird to call them a rivalry because I feel like they never really matched up in a way that made it feel like a rivalry ever. But – there's the two most talked about golfers of the last 15 years. So because of that, like there's a mystique around it that I don't know you would get if you got speed the McElroy, even though those guys are better than Tyron Phil right now, you know, um, that's the only difference. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but the one thing that it made me break, uh, think about was why can't we get something like this in, in basketball? Because I think in one two on two basketball is just as big, if not bigger. I mean, I mean, it's almost it's certainly bigger actually than um, than than a one on one or two on two golf tournament. Um, obviously, I think the the obvious thing is contracts. You know, these guys. You'd have to be, like guys aren't going to be playing. Teams aren't going to let guys play in any competitive b- basketball game where they can get injured. But um, if you can get team approval, I would I would certainly watch two guys play one on one in the NBA, and that would make pay per view. That would make a ton of money. Yeah, I just think that the problem is these guys' egos. Um, yeah, for that egos, reason. brands. Yeah, for I think I think the reason why golfers don't mind as much is because like. The way you play the sport, yes, you're against people, but it's like they're not actually like block, trying to block your shot as you're like you know right shooting. It's still really you against the course. There's another guy playing or a girl playing, could be you know female, whatever. But still another person playing, but it's still really but you against you, the course. Like it's not like yeah, like that's why I think like the first thing people thought for basketball in terms of trying to actually do something was horse was because well, it's kind of the same thing where it's like. You're against someone, but you're not really against right. someone. It's more about you versus yeah. your own skill. And and how you look, first thing I thought, also thought about that during this whole, uh, during this whole, you know, social distancing thing. I think you can do horse in the same way they did the match. The issue is that they tried it already, and it was they they panicked, flop. It was a complete they, flop. They, they panicked, they rushed, and I'll give them credit because they tried, but they they were so like. They're so focused on let's get something out as fast as possible, yeah. and it was rushed and it was terrible. And they're, they're, again, their credit that they tried that horse thing could not have gone any worse. It could not have gone any worse. That I mean, I, I it's just hard watching you know Paul Pierce shoot on a shaky cam in his backyard. <laughs> and, you know, I really, I, I really, I really, when they thought about it, I assumed that they would send camera crews to the person's house. I really didn't think it'd be Mike Conley's wife. Yeah, you know, shooting on on an iPhone, like <laughs> that, yeah, who, I don't know why thought that was a good idea. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Zach Levine had bad signals, so he looked like he was you know an N sixty four graphics. Like right, it was just it might be like awful. if you wanted to do a whole tournament thing. Like I understand it's probably not easy to send like like out to like eight different people if you feel like you know all right this is gonna cost us money like this is the NFL draft, but. You could send two really good camera crews or cameras and have someone send people. I'll just watch one on one. Watch two guys play horse. And that would be people ha- having the thing. I don't know. I, but even then, uh, having it, which, and there was a little lag and stuff with like only the video, but the audio and guys were like, what'd you say? I didn't hear that, you know? Yeah. I would have it where. Look, you could have it two guys in the same location, same way they did the match, and film it. <laughs> but who am I? Yeah, I mean, it I would know. be yeah, it would be cool. I, yeah, I think that'd be I'd great watch, if you, I, you had a two swing game. I think it would work much better than what we saw. But at this point, I think it's too late. I think people would, wouldn't watch it because I think the, the other thing was so bad. Um, I but don't I, know I who it think, is. I think if you had Harden versus Steph, people were watching that. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, you know, now if you're telling me you're getting me, I don't know, 
you know, Trey Chris, Young Chris Middleton versus Jokic. Like, yeah, I think my, I love those two guys, <laughs> but I think I think I think I'm gonna turn on the Xbox. See what's on HBO Max. I don't know if I'm tuning into that. You know what I'm saying? They might have the best intentions in the world of giving me entertainment, but that ain't it. So that so I think it's it depends. I think it again depends on the matchup. Certain guys I'm not I'm not watching Kyle Lowry, you know. Oh, man. Like I'm not watching some guys I'm not watching play one on one. You know, out out in LA you got uh you know, LeBron and PG. Get, get those guys to link up. And There's LA no way that LeBron is letting anybody film him play one on one against anybody. No way. I yeah. I don't know. You can get Trey Young going against Jimmy Butler down south. I mean, those two guys would actually probably be the most likely star to ever do something like this, to be fair. Yes. Like, I think if you had, like, say, like, you had 24 All-Stars this year. Who are the guys most likely to do this? Young and Butler are definitely in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, easy. Like, you know, Booker's probably in that top five. I think Luka. Luka's definitely in that top five. Guys, be like, I don't care. I'll, I'll play. <laughs> I'll play. I'll, he doesn't seem like the type that cares about. His I don't know if Giannis is top five, but I think he's pretty high. I think he would do it. I don't think he'd be as afraid. Yeah, I don't think he's. Uh, yeah, one because he's so good. Like, I don't, <laughs> he probably wouldn't. Lose I just him. don't feel like he but, has this like thing about his brand that like some he's not of the stars do. Right. Care. Like someone yeah. like I, I'll give you guys on the bottom of the list. I mean, you mentioned LeBron. LeBron's uh, maybe ben, bottom. Yeah, Ben Simmons wouldn't do nothing like no, this. No, Ben Simmons definitely not doing that. You know, uh, Kawhi probably not doing anything no, like Kawhi, that. Yeah, <laughs> he's hanging on the phone. Oh, as soon as you say Kawhi, whenever, as soon as you say second. Kawhi won't bring a camera to your house, he's hanging up the phone. He ain't listening anymore. So yeah, there are certain guys that certainly wouldn't do it, um, and then there are guys that are more likely to do it. Uh, and there's a certain guy that may take a certain number, but but yeah, I, I think feel like, I feel like Harden's a certain and, number guy to me. Like yeah, Harden is number guy. Also, probably a certain number guy. I feel like he he's uh, not going to do it for anything, and like he probably would probably t- not want to do it. But if you gave him a certain yeah. number, I think he'd be like, like if you gave me more than the guy I'm playing. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is certainly a concept that can transition into other sports, and I think basketball is the first one I would think about, uh, mm. especially since Turner has the the NBA rights. You know, well, yeah, let's see. Let's see if maybe something comes up. You never know. But uh, that's going to be it for this week's edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. Um, of course, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you haven't already, like I said before earlier in the show, check out our podcast from last week with ESPN, The Undefeated, is Mark Spears. That was a really awesome conversation, and I do thank you guys to check that out. It's on not just our podcast network, but you also find that and all of our other videos on YouTube. You can find us there, New Generation Media. Um, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Find me on social media, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.